Uh, that said, let's pray and let's jump into Second Peter. We'll finish off chapter 1. We'll get a few verses into chapter 2. So when I start chapter 2, we'll get all nerved up. I'm planning on getting the first uh, three verses under our belt. We're not going to go all the way through chapter 2. but So we've got a long way to go, short time to get there. We should pray. Father, bless this your word. I mean, last week was, I, I think, life-changing stuff whereby I give unto us exceeding great and precious promises that we might be partakers of the divine nature. Uh, you've given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. This stuff is just, I can't, I can't even make this stuff up. This is your word. This is wonderful. We love it. We at Calvary Chapel, we love your word. Father, bless it. Cause it to nourish and strengthen our souls, our spirits. Lord, we want to we live by this book. And, and thereby exalting and glorifying our great God. Lord, keep us safe here. Keep us COVID-free or any kind of sickness for that matter. But Lord, I, again, I just want to publicly praise and thank you for this great opportunity to be here this morning. And Lord, I, I pray your, your blessing on the word as it's given in Jesus' name. Amen. So we kind of ended in verse 10. Give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. Verse 11, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I don't like ministered there, I like given. Uh, and you, if you have a different version, I'm, I'm thinking at some point I might actually change from King James and say the world would end. I know, but my wife kind of needles me sometimes. She says, you know, you're you have to bring everything up to modern English, and then teach it. If we were in modern English starting there, you, you save a whole step. And I, I think she's right. Things like you ministered unto, it makes it sound like, you know, the, the minister does that or something like this. For so an entrance shall be given unto you. And it's a given thing. Well, I got to get to heaven, and I got to work my tail off, and I got to try, and I got to strive, and I got to relax. It's a free gift. It's given. Uh, an entrance shall be given unto you abundantly unto the everlasting kingdom. And when we're talking about the kingdom age, we're talking about heaven, both, because, you know, Christians don't get one without the other. And I think, you know, if you perceived it, that psalm I was reading was about the kingdom. Last week, it was about the kingdom. When it talks about Zion and talks about everlasting kingdom, it's talking about the kingdom age. I, I'd like to teach on it sometime. I already did, but if I do that, then I won't get anywhere in Peter, which I'm trying to do. The everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, uh, is given. Whereby, wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yeah, I think it's meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Has anyone ever heard me repeat myself uh, at all? Like, did I ever tell a story and maybe then tell it again one time, maybe two times? Has that ever happened? Go ahead, be honest. It's okay. Yeah, you, you might have heard me. As a matter of fact, I start off and you say, I, I know where he's going with this. Anyone ever like, have that kind of happen? Like, yeah, maybe once, maybe twice, right? Uh, am I kind of upset about that? So this young lady, was she, we were talking o over dinner. We had a group of us out and stuff, and she was... And she and we were talking about like I, I don't know if it was on the menu or something or was some kind of if you had to describe the person to the left of you or something what would you say about them and you know we were saying this and we were saying this we we're having a fun time with this guy I don't know why we even started that and so she called me Captain Redundant and she said it real apologetically like you might get mad at this now listen 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 she was so true 
She was, I, and she, I think she was like, whew, he didn't get mad. Well, I'm not one to get angry real easy. And if you try to offend me, you got to work at it. I, I just, I just, I don't take offense very easy. And then the other part of it was like, yeah, you're exactly correct. What, what, why do I do, why do I do like that? I tell you and I tell you and I tell you. I, well, listen, I, so I'm following Joe Foch and I have like since I started teaching because like, he's one of my guys. You say, what about Ken? Ken didn't have, he wasn't up and running on the internet so I could download at will his stuff and, and listen to it and study it. And he, he's my guy, okay? I think everyone knows he's, he's my pastor, but, but Joe Foch had his, and I like Joe, and some of you guys listen to him, and he's such a blessing, and he's really thorough in his doctrine. But after a while, if you listen to him, if you're a Chuck Smith guy, after a while you listen to him, he goes, I know where this story's going. Oh, I know what he's going to say about this. Oh, I've heard this before. Of course. Of course. That's, that's fine. Has anyone ever heard me say, has anyone ever heard me say, choose to sin, choose to suffer? Anyone ever? Yeah, I mess up. Oh, did you? hey, hey, I got a question for you. Um, now, throw me a bone here, okay? Be honest. Don't make up stuff. Did anyone ever come to that crossroads where they were about to make a choice, and then heard my voice say in their head, choose to sin, choose to suffer. And that ever happened to anybody? Hello, this is... Uh, well, by the way, thank you for being honest. That's a tremendous blessing for me. You say, well, you said it more than once. I know, I know, i got to go over these and over these and over these and over these. Hey, I, you know, um, I love my tube. So I'm reading the Bible, and I, I got saved when I was 20. So how old are you now? Older. <laughs> Four decades older. And do you know what that means? That means I've read through the Bible 40 times. And there's some passages I've read through much more than 40 times. Some are probably closing on 100 times. You say, well, you probably know it by now. No. That's the freshness of the Word of God. You say, it's an old book. No, it's not. It's timeless. Oh, it's ancient. I get that. But it's timeless. It's as fresh as tomorrow's newspaper. So I'm reading it. I'm listening on the way to work. And God says, hey, wake up. Wake up. Because, you know, you can kind of drift a little bit. No, I don't mean driving. I mean, you know, you're thinking about something else. And the word's there, but you're not quite. And, then, and, and I, I feel like a prompt in the Spirit sometimes. And then all of a sudden I'm tuned in and God's speaking to my heart. And sometimes, like, the tears come. I'm driving down the road and I think, I better, like, pull over. I can't hardly even see because God's speaking, you know. Something that I've seen and I've seen and I've read and I know and I'm taught on it. And all of a sudden it's fresh to me and it's new and it's vital and the Spirit of God is speaking. You, you, is anyone besides me know what I'm talking about. Yeah, because that's how the Word works. It's incredible. It's like, and I, so nothing new probably today. You can go away and say, but I never heard that before. But I'm putting you in remembrance of these things, and I think I'm doing well because he's saying I'm doing well to do this. You know these things. You've, you're establishing these things, but I'm not going to be negligent. I'm going to put you in remembrance. I think it's fitting. As long as I'm in this tabernacle, listen, how many of you guys like to go, be honest now, how many of you guys like to go camping? Much of my adult life is spent purposefully so that I don't sleep outside on the ground, okay? I work hard, we get money, we balance the budget, and if I'm sleeping outside on the ground, something terrible has happened, okay? You can pray for me if that ever happens. We like to camp, but there's usually four stars and room service involved, okay? Going on a uh, uh, one of these retreats tomorrow to kind of refresh, recharge my batteries, um, 
so for a few days we're going to be gone, just you know, away from work. I had a day off this year yet, except for you know, last week, you know, because we had the holiday. I've had holidays and weekends off. I when everyone is assembling for work, I'm there, and I kind of felt like during this present crisis, I kind of had to be too, because I'm like the you know the safety guy. I'm all the COVID guy too, and I have to put. I got three states right now in uh, Virginia and New Hampshire and Maine, and I got to think hear what three governors say, keep all those balls in the air and set policy. And it's so I didn't feel like I could take much time off. And says, you're going to need some time off. And I'm thinking, nothing's so We're going to do a puzzle. She goes, we can walk, we can bike, we can, you know, hike. And I said, yeah, okay, that's a good idea. You know, so yeah, I do need some time off. I'm getting really frayed around the edges. But he's saying, as long as I, I'm in this tabernacle, and what he says is tent. As long as I'm in this tent, what's tent? It's a, it's temporary. You don't live in a tent, do you? Maybe you did for a season, but you don't live there now. What's that all about? Because it's a temporary shelter. And he says, that's what we are now. It's a tent. It's a tabernacle. And so it's, I, 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 I only just got here. I'm not staying long. But as long as I'm here, I, I want you to put you in remembrance. I want to stir you up by putting you in remembrance of these things. Knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle, even as the Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. And because we know that from John 21, you know, when you were a young man, you dressed yourself, you went where you would, but somebody else is going to dress you when you're an old man and he's going to take you where you don't want to go and you're going to stretch out your arms. And, and that's a euphemism for crucifixion. And, and, and he's saying, you, are you going to go where somebody else is telling you this is where you're going? And he and he, he spoke this, John says, signifying by what manner he would glor- what manner of death he would glorify God. Do his death glorify God? Oddly enough, yes. And he's about to go. Now, did Jesus say to him, come to him and visit him and saying, yeah, it's going to happen pretty quick? I don't know that. It's not, that's just speculation. But he knows it by however, by whatever method he knows it. He's going to be crucified. Scripture, I mean, tradition says he was crucified upside down. Is that true? We don't know it for sure. Probably. It seems like good tradition. Most everyone believes that. So I don't want to, I'm not worthy to die like Jesus died. So the, the commander or the one who's in charge of the crucifixion put the cross in upside down. So he was in his 70s at the time. That must have been painful. Not that like regular crucifixion is unpainful, but I will endeavor that you that you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. I think of that all the time. I want my words to live on in you. I think about my decease very often. Scripture says we're supposed to. You say, I don't want to talk about death, especially during this crisis. My whole prayer is that God, God would use this opportunity to speak into the hearts of people, and people would get very close to him during this time. And people would think about their mortality. I think about it all the time. I'm not a morbid person. The Bible says that, you know, the day of one's death is more important than the day of his birth. Think about it. When you, got, when you came into the world, you came crying and screaming and carrying on and you were crying, but the rest of the world was rejoicing. And when you go out, you want it so that the rest of the world is crying and you're rejoicing. And you should live your life in such a way that that's true. I want it to be true of me. I want an abundant entrant in. I want to uh, hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I want to left something. You say, Adam, you've been to the doctor, you get a bad diagnosis. No, I, 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 I feel perfectly healthy. I've enjoyed the, the best healthy season. During all this, I haven't had so much as a runny nose, and I've been praising God. I used to get this incredible, like, um, 
you know, I, I, I get uh, uh, allergies, and I haven't had any yet. I think it's because I've been megadosing vitamins and stuff, stuff like that. I don't know, but I've been. I don't, I'm not suicidal, I'm not going to uh, check out, I'm not, but I think a lot about death. I mean, because I, I want to glorify God with my life, I want to glorify God with my death. He's saying, I'm checking out, but I want to put you in remembrance of these things. What things, okay, we get it, we get the download, what things? This, we haven't followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And he's going to give us, what's that, what was that all about? We, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice uh, to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now God said that at his baptism, but that Peter isn't talking about that. He's talking about the mount we, of transfiguration. We were through that a few Wednesdays ago in, uh, in the book of Matthew. And we rehearsed that. We went over that. Here he's talking about that. And he says, you know what? We, it's not like we all got together and said, okay, our lead is dead. And we followed him. And now we look like really silly. And so I got an idea. Let's steal the body. And we'll all make this pact. And we'll become blood brothers. And if they torture us, we'll, we will still stick to our story. And that's, that's Hollywood stuff. You know, Hollywood, the place where they always lie to you. And they're telling you they're lying to you. Because... It's the, you know, the dream factory. We get it. Sometimes they make halfway decent entertainment. I'm not always recommending it. Be very cautious and watch what you want to watch. But people come up with these inane, silly Passover plot kind of stuff. And it's just ridiculous. And Peter's saying, that's not how it went down. We didn't, with with these uncunningly devised fables, we saw. Now, if there's an accident out here, right, and we all see it, and we all t- say about how what the accident happened. Tom was involved. Tom and Tammy were involved in the accident a couple weeks ago. They're all right-ish, <laughs> banged up and bruised, but not too much worse for wear. Uh, praise God. Uh, you know, they were there, and they could tell you how it went down. So let's say we see an accident, and uh, we all, and you know, and we hear the screech, we all turn, we all look, we all see what happened. And then there's, you know, we can all be witnesses in the court. What happens if one of the guys, one of the attorneys says, well, listen, forget all those eyewitnesses. They don't know what they're talking about. I'll wait. Let's wait 2,000 years and then we'll get, and I'll, some guy will write a book and that's how we'll determine this. But that's exactly what's happening. Peter says, I was there. I saw it. I heard it. Okay, I was napping. He didn't tell us that there. But the account was, and it woke him up, and there was great light, and there was uh, Elijah. And he tells us the whole story in, in the Gospel of Mark, which is probably the recollections of Peter. And here he is uh, referring to it now. He says, um, you know, let me tell you something. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. I want to put you in remembrance of that. These aren't cleverly devised fables. When I'm telling you that he's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness, you know what? I was there. I was his disciple. I was following him. And you know what about him? He's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. I ain't making this up. And this is what he's trying to remind us while he still has breath, while he can still tell us these things. He received from the Father honor and glory. There came such a voice to him from his excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. God says about Jesus Christ, and this was an eyewitness to that. He was there. He said, you know what God said about him? He said, that's my Son. That's my beloved Son. In him, I'm well pleased. Um, That's some crazy guy running around uh, saying that he's my Son and that uh, that's not what God said. 
Hudson, that's my beloved son. That's my boy. You know, dad, proud dad. You know how it is. That's what God said about Jesus Christ. And this voice came from heaven. We heard. So we were eyewitnesses. We were ear witnesses when we, we were with him in the holy mount. That ain't anything. Say, it's something. Well, comparatively, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Hey, I got to tell you, I can say something. I got something that even it beats that. You're thinking, what could beat that? And would you give your like, right arm to have been there when that happened? Because I'm thinking, like, wow, that's kind of life-changing stuff. And he says, no, 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 no. We got something that's even more sure than that. Whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the dust, do, do, day star rise in your hearts. And he's talking about the day dawn, the day star rise in your hearts. He's talking about the return of Jesus Christ there in poetic language. You got something that's, we got something that's more sure word. It's prophecy. And look at this, verse 20, knowing that first that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So we have this word of prophecy. He says, oh yeah, I'm my eyewitness. I was there. I was, I, I was there when it happened. Let me tell you all what, how it played out. But let me tell you that. This. We got something even better than that. It's a sure word of prophecy. Holy men of God spake as the Holy Spirit moved them to speak. Well, where's that? Um, sit on your lap or on your Bible lap or your, maybe you got it in hard copy. Maybe you've got it so where you're just moving across the screen. But it's the same word. And by the way, if you've got a Bible app, I know a lot of churches say, well, I want to hear the pages turn. I don't. <laughs> Whatever you got, I don't care. Because, uh, you know, I listen every day to an app, and it's such a tremendous blessing. And the Word of God is the Word of God. Whether it's spoken to you, whether you're writing it, whether then that stuff matters. Uh, not to me and God. But it's the prophecy. That's the thing. It's the Word of God. And we're talking about prophecy. You think in terms of Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. By the way, you're right. But to think in terms of like Moses and the Psalms and Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. It's all prophecy. It doesn't mean talk about what's going to happen in the future, although God's Word does that. It's just the foretelling. This is what God says. This is what I'm like. This is who I am. This is how you go to heaven. This is, And he tells us all these things. Whether you were there as a witness to that or not, that wonderful thing, he says, but... No, we got something that's even more sure than that. We got the Word of God. I don't know if I can overemphasize this. This is so, 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 so important. Because you have access to the same thing. You weren't there. Keep your right arm attached. You, you, you give your right arm to have been there, but you, but you weren't. But it doesn't matter. You've got way more than what Peter had. And by the way, Peter probably didn't stay alive to have the whole Bible written by the time he died. We had more than he had. I mean, think it all the way through. That's incredible to me. God, what, what, have, what are we missing? What, what do we need? What do we... Hey, I've given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. Would you know that outside of Scripture? Hey, I'm doing well to remind you of these things. You know why? Because sometimes we forget. It just happens. 
I, I knew some once that I don't know anymore. I know a lot of things once that I don't know anymore. You know, the problem with my brain, it leaks. And i got to keep on going over this, keep on going over this, keep on going over this. Because I read a story like, and I was teaching on Matthew, and I thought to myself, man, I would like to have been there. And then these words came to me and resonated in my heart. you got something a lot better than that. You get the entire word of God in your language. I mean, think about like how many years and how many like people who couldn't read and didn't have and, and scrolls were, scriptures on scrolls, handwritten. And so you went to synagogue on Sunday and somebody would read a small portion to you and then explain it. And that was all the scripture you had. Think about that. I mean, we, we're in a really advantaged place. Uh, no, I want to outline something here. No prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation. What does that mean? We don't take one verse and make it the verse. Is it saying that you can't take a verse and make it whatever you want it to make? Yeah, it is saying that, but that's not pri- the primary teaching here is no verse stands on its own. There isn't one verse that's, that like is just a standalone verse. Say, so what about being born again? You know, we saw that two times in the first chapter of 1 Peter. It's not just John 3, 3. Every scripture, um, think about this. God said, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, may every word be established. And is there anything in scripture that you find just once and then no more? And that you better believe or you're going to go to hell. I don't know anything like that. I, I, seriously, I think like, you know, if it's, if it's in the Old Testament, you know, the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. Anyone ever heard that? The Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed? I think if you find it in the New Testament, it's in the Old Testament. And I can only give you like 8,017 references, probably right off the top of my brain, hardly without even trying. We don't get time for that, but you, you know that. You're reading something in Scripture and something flashes back to, oh, you know, this is just like, or this was prophesied in, and many times it will say, as the prophet Isaiah writ, wrote, writ, has written, or, 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 or anything, something like that. It's all there. Uh, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. The, the false teachers among us? Oh my goodness. I've been hearing stuff on the rapture I never heard before. This is vitriol. There's hatred of that doctrine. Wait a second. This is scripture. It's called the resurrection. It's going to happen. It's chronicled in First Thessalonians chapter four. What does those verses mean if they don't mean that what we're saying they mean to you? And then again, it's in the resurrection chapter, First Corinthians fifteen. Why? Because it wouldn't be in one place in scripture. Because I just told you in the mouth of two or three witnesses may every word be established. And then it's alluded to probably dozens of times. And it's typologically there all through the Old Testament. And I can, and I have taught on the the, uh, uh, the rapture. I, I took, I think I took either three or four Sundays on it when we were in for, last time we were in First Thessalonians, and I just scratched the surface. There's a lot on the on the rapture, and then there's people. This I th- I call them false prophets. I don't know what you call them, who are just against and against, and oh, you guys are teaching horrific du- and wh- what what but. It doesn't surprise me because Peter says in Second Peter, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false prophets among you. It's nothing new. 
and you guys got to be Bereans. You got to sift. But you know what? I got to tell you something. I, I, let me tell you how the way it works. Because some of you are kind of a little bit on the nervous side in the sense of, ah, they could lie to me and I wouldn't even know. I, I mean, some of these people are really bright. Yeah, Satan's really bright. By an order of magnitude, more than you, more than me, what, a hundred times brighter? Smarter, I mean, when I say bright. It's not a question of bright. It's really not. I think these things are very simple. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to figure them out. It's not, the, the, the race isn't to the, uh, to the swift. The, the fight isn't to the strong. The debate isn't to the bright. Truth is truth, and the spirit of truth seals these things in our hearts. If we want to know what the right thing is, you don't have to be the, the, the sharpest tool in the shed. You don't have to be the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree. All you have to do is have a heart that's right with God. I, I know this to be a fact. I mean, I came at Christianity. I said, Lord, save me. He said, yep, you're, you're on my team. Hey, I've had you in, since the foundation of the world. You just don't know. Well, welcome aboard and, you know, and... The, the whole thing, and he saved me. And the Spirit of Truth came to live in my life. And all those wrong things I was thinking all those years, slowly started to melt away. Why? Because I'm such a genius? No, because he's such a good God. Didn't you realize how this works? It's not, it's, it's not a question of intellect. Uh, I know uh, some of the smartest, brightest people I know are born-again Christians. Some really smart and really bright people are atheists. It's not about intellect. I mean, it's really not. Um... There's false prophets, and what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to lean on this book. You're going to lean into the Holy Spirit. God, guide me through all that. As soon as I got saved, one of the first uh, sort of Mormon guy came to me. He was a staff sergeant. We were on duty that weekend together, and I had my King James Bible. He was saying, so what do you got there, Bible? I'm like, yeah, oh, here we go. And he started telling me about Mormonism, and I never heard that before. And you know what? And I, my, it, I don't know anything. I mean, I don't know anything. I'm, no, what you're imagining, cut that in half and divide it by 12 and then less than that and take that less than throw it away. I mean, I know nothing. And he's trying to tell me this stuff and I'm thinking like, I don't know, this Joseph Smith's a prophet and, and what and Moroni. The, and I, I think it's Bible because he's telling me all this stuff. And in, in my, I got to check in my spirit. I call it that now. At the time, I didn't know. Uh, I would I would have maybe said my spider sense is tingling. I don't know how to describe it at that time, but I knew that, like, this isn't quite good. This is kind of, if you eat this stuff, this is toxic. This isn't going to lead any place good. And so one of the things I, 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 I went and I talked to my friend who led me to the Lord, and he said, oh, Mormon, yeah, you know, staff sergeant, blah, blah, blah. He's a Mormon, and this is what he taught you, and this is what he, did he tell you about? And I said, yeah, he told me. And he showed me in Scripture. I was like, oh, this is so good. He took me to, you know, if an angel of God preach any other, and because that's the whole, you know, an angel of God came and told uh, the angel Moroni, told uh, Joseph Smith this, and golden plates, and reformed hieroglyphics, and I read books on it since, but I mean, at that time, I didn't know anything. It's not about that. It's about, like, you know, leaning on God's people, get the, in the Word of God into your heart. Uh, I say lean on God's people. Sometimes it's, it's a real help. But even then, you know, you've got to be careful because I think whole churches move in packs. We do as Calvary Chapel, but I think it's a good pack. But I'm never going to buy into drink the Kool-Aid just for the sake of 
being part of the group. The reason I'm part of this group is because I don't think it's Kool-Aid. I think it's the real deal. I think they take the, the Word of God and take it very seriously. Now, even in Calvary Chapel, we have slight little differences, but I don't think it's heresy. I think it's just people's position on a certain thing. Even in this church, we do that. That's fine. There were false pr prophets. There will be false prophets. They're going to bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift, swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. Pernicious just means evil. They're evil. By reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. It's the way of truth, Jesus Christ. And they speak evil of Jesus Christ. And through covetousness, now you know what covetousness is, it's greed. Shall they with feigned words, false words, make merchandise of you? That's how you can tell. <laughs> so I'm watching a guy and I'm thinking, I don't know, he keeps talking about Jesus and he says, hallelujah and praise the Lord. I know he drives a Learjet, but I don't. Listen, your baloney meter should be pegging right off the charts. Like, how come we don't know that? How come I think we do better than most. But I remember like, I, I can call out some names and tell you about some stuff and some of the heresies that went through the church and people, seems they should be sound Christians buying into some awful doctrine. It was, it was tremendously bad. And they're always the bottom line. So they're on TV for a half hour and 27 of those minutes they're begging you for money. Say, Adam, you took up an offering. I want to give you the opportunity to worship God financially. I hope you know at this point. I hope if I have any ounce of credibility, you'll know that it's not about the money with me. It never was. I have a job. They take care of me really well there. It's not about the money. It just, it just, it's just not. Uh, so I mentioned like, okay, we're going under financially when we weren't together. Uh, we still got a, a mortgage to pay. By the way, I think that, when's that? October, November, something's this year. Eight more months. Okay, so that's, I think, January of next year. Light at the end of the tunnel. I think we'll be watching it from the mezzanine. I'm not sure it's all going to ever get paid off, but I, I've been wrong in the past. But I never set dates. I never set dates. Nobody can quote me as ever setting a date. But I always think it's very close, and I hear more and more stuff. You guys listening to like um, J.D. Farag? I told you that's a really good resource. I think that rapture is close, 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 close. Get your house in order. I understand. Just telling you, I'm, I live in my house in order. I just think you should always be ready to, at any moment to be raptured. Uh, and though covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now for a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. It's paid. Jesus can come back. He's going to square all this away. He's going to square all this up. Oh, you just keep gigging people for money all the time? And you're representing me? And you're saying my name? I don't like that. Um... We're going we're gonna to deal with you, Mr. False Prophet. I'm happy about that. Uh, should we wreak vengeance on them? No, no, no. God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. I say, oh, you got this? He goes, oh, I so got this. I'm like, good, because I want to see, I want to see false teachers who ruin people's lives. I want to get see them get their comeuppance, don't you? Uh, we, we, we love the, the, the movie where the bad guy gets it in the end, don't we? That's... Something about us loves justice. And God says, oh, I'm all about justice. Don't you worry about that. So we're going to end there because chapter 2, verse 4, if God spared not the angels of sin, oh my goodness, that's going to be a big subject next time. Let's, let's stand and pray. The worship guys will come send us out here in song. Uh.
I know I'm talking like an auctioneer on steroids because I got a, I know, I know, but we're trying to make it shorter. And Lord, bless your holy name. Take this word and bless it to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.